it was so interesting to me because I felt like on the one side, I had all of these online, very spiritual friends who wanted to talk about astrology and inner child healing and all of this fun stuff, Reiki and all of this side. And then I had this other side where, you know, we were looking at the Bible and very slowly I wanted to kind of sprinkle in. I was like, hey, so when I'm reading this, I am kind of interpreting it as this. Like I literally, like it feels like there's like manifestation themes coming up in this passage. It's kind of weird. Are you guys seeing that? There are like ladies in their 60s here who want to hear me talk about all of this wild stuff. That was blowing my mind that they really wanted to hear me talk about that. And they wanted to talk about it through that lens. Welcome to Cosmic Rx Radio, a podcast that gives you real-life tools of spiritual empowerment and pure hype. I'm your host and intuitive guide, Maddie Murphy. I'll be serving up your weekly energy readings, cosmic boss interviews, and astro inspiration. Are you ready to love yourself more, manifest your dream life, and own your magic? Let's jump in. All right, baddies, this week ahead. Oh, it's equal part explosive and empowering. Oh, yeah, we have a full moon. You know we're ready to feel the feels. We are ready to step out of and end any dysfunctional relationships with ourselves or others this week once and for all. And the universe is asking us, sitting down, let's DTR, let's define the relationship, what's going on with this future. We're going to talk about all of that, what this full pink moon has in store for us and more But first, I'm your girl, Maddie Murphy, professional astrologer, empowerment mentor, high vibe pipe woman, shamanic big sis, all the things, basically just here cheering you on for you to step into your full ass glory and share your magic with the world. Welcome back to all my baddies. Welcome home if you're new here. So this week, special episode, very special episode. I'm going to talk about the full moon in Libra, but I'm also, we're including an interview that I did with community member, cosmic baddie, been around for a long time in our community, Dylan D. Money King, podcast host of the Woo Woo Bible, trauma-informed spiritual life coach, board-certified hypnotherapist. And in honor of Passover, happy Passover to anyone who celebrates, Good Friday, Easter, happy Good Friday, Easter to anyone who celebrates. We thought it'd be fun to chat with her because she is someone who really weaves in, like I said, trauma-informed coaching, spirituality, but also her relationship to Christianity. Anyone who's been here for a minute knows I have a uh, complex, it's a complicated relationship with my um, religious upbringing. Of course, loving the community, the worship, the music, the, the faith, the connection into God, a higher power than myself, you know, connecting in everything, being a prayer, meditation, but uh, some of the other stuff, a little sticky, you know, let's just say emotional damage, emotional damage. But Dylan has been someone who has really helped, you know, me see certain things or integrate her perspective 
of what her Christian background brings. So we thought this would be a great time, right? This is the time of year. We're also talking about rebirth and looking at things with a renewed perspective. So stay tuned at the end of the episode for that and go check her out. Uh, Queen of Grit on Instagram, go check out her podcast, Woo Woo Bible. We did an episode together. So that's very special. Then we're going to talk about the full moon in Libra. Damn, it's crazy. Okay, everyone, I'm going to need you to listen to this because this is a full moon where things like a pendulum swing really could go either direction with this. Like I said, explosive or empowering, a little bit of both. We want to kind of understand our assignment for this. Before we do that, I got to say thank you for all your ratings and reviews. I've been loving them so much. They make me so just feel yummy in my tummy, warm. I love reading the reviews. So this week's winner for the Batty Bundle, which is three free months of our monthly moon guide, our daily texting, our 21-day real self-love foundational course. This week's winner is Alicia. Alicia is Shell. Wait, I'm going to have to find you. Oh my goodness. We did the screenshot, but I don't see a Instagram on here. I'm sorry. I thought I saw it, but I didn't. So, okay. Alicia Ischel, I-X-C-H-E-L-L-E. This is my bad. Please find me. If you're listening, you just won three free months. Slide in my DMs at I am Maddie Murphy at the Cosmic Rx. But this is a good reminder. If you leave a review, leave your Instagram in the handle or send us a screenshot if it's on Spotify so we can pick you. Speaking of the baddies, the day this comes out, it'll be the last day of the Bad Bitch Mindset Challenge in honor of Aries season. And it's been going on on Instagram, on TikTok. Y'all get involved, okay? If you have a thirst trap, if you have a picture of you, if you have something that you want to do and be seen and own your hotness and all of your bad bitch magic, please go take part in the last day of the challenge or at least go on the hashtag Cosmic Baddie, B-A-D-D-I-E challenge and just randomly select some people to hype them up because the way you all have been showing up this week has me feeling like adrenaline. I'm on cloud nine. I'm feeling hyped. I'm feeling just activating on all cylinders. It's been amazing. Truly. We've done challenges on Instagram before. They've gone well. It's been fun. But this one, the participation, the energy you're bringing, everything has been at at a freaking 11. It's been at an 11, 11, maybe we say around here. So thank you for that. We are in the eclipse portal. Things are intense. We are leading up to a full moon, the last full moon, the last syzygy, as they say, before we go into the eclipse portal, into the dragon's tail, if you will. So yeah, we can definitely feel a little whiplash around this time. We can feel a lot of endings and beginnings. We can feel a lot of things erupting to the surface. So I do want to also just say, take a moment and send love to all my New York people, to my Brooklyn Knights. The subway shooting this week was horrifically scary. I'm a little choked up. It was just a, I'm a little choked up. It was only a few subway stops from my cousin's subway stop. And, you know, New York is such a beautiful, rich tapestry of people and emotions and experiences. And I know some people are like afraid to come to New York, but truly New York to me always has felt like a safe place. And whenever I've been in trouble in New York, strangers come to my rescue but we are living in really, there's an instability in the air. We, we've been feeling it. It's been happening for a long time. 2020, 2021 really sped it up. Um, there's mental health things going on. There's financial stress. There's just people who are like in so much pain and they're just creating anarchy. And it's, you know, I just want to say, keep your head on a swivel, protect your energy. Like I said, it's a very 
April brings a lot of healing energy, but also a lot of instability. So I just want us to stay safe. And I want to just wrap everyone listening to this and their loved ones in just the highest light and the most protection. And if you're listening to this and you're in Brooklyn, just know that I have you in my heart. I'm holding you there. So yeah, it's all happening. This month, April has been very interesting for astrologers. We have the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. We have these eclipses. We have Pisces stellium at the end of the month, this full moon in Libra, which is kind of activating a lot of those cardinal signs, which have been a really big part in the 2020-2021 reset, wake up, shake up energy. So and we have, you know, the eclipse at the end of the month is conjunct Uranus. So as I'm saying, it's a lot of change, but I do believe it's all pushing us towards like a healing, a new way of being. And I'm seeing that in people, you all reaching out to me. I'm seeing that in my clients, in my family, I'm seeing it in my own life. So I want us to like be aware of everything, but also know that we can plug into the version, into the vibration that is sending us to our freest, happiest, most alive, most awake self. It's all happening with us and for us, okay? And so speaking of, let's talk about a little bit, if the astrology is not real, then why? The things that were happening in the news last week and how they relate to astrology. Drumroll, please. Our girl, Brittany, is pregnant with child. Congratulations, blessings to Brittany. I looked down at my phone. I was hanging out with my sisters, had a great birthday weekend. Oh my God, with my Aries sister, we went horseback riding on the beach in trails. And this is why I love Aries is they just push me to do things like that. Oh my God. With this amazing day and an amazing weekend and just feeling great, like so Jupiter Neptune conjunction vibes. And I looked at my phone, had like 45 notifications. And I was like, oh my God, like am I being spammed? What's happening? Like, Or, oh God, is there another imposter? And everyone's telling me about it. It was all of you just being like, oh my God, Brittany is pregnant. It was like so fun to be celebrating all the baddies with her. And you're all like, you predicted this. And honestly, like truly astrology is so real, y'all. Like I, it's not me. I'm just looking at the maps and the patterns, but I just knew like 2021, I was like, Brittany is going to get pregnant towards the end of the year, beginning of 2022. And just shout out to Brittany, love that for you. You know, this Jupiter-Neptune opposition was exactly opposite her Mars and Virgo in the 12th house. So it also brings a new healing energy to that in her chart. The 12th house can be the house of our like spiritual growth, our karma, but it can also be our house of our undoing, um, has to do with prisons, hospitalizations, feeling trapped. So I feel like her Mars has been very trapped. Um, obviously, we know for a long time with her conservatorship. And I feel like this Jupiter-Neptune just came to be like, hey, this is now activating a new karmic path for you. And the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction was also trying her north node in Cancer. So one of her highest soul's path is involving like motherhood, gathering women, being a defender of like a, a champion for women and the feminine, and to kind of come into like a deeper understanding of that, nourishing herself, taking care of herself, you know, reparenting herself and also what she learns through being a mother. And I thought it was kind of cool because I really hope that this time around she can be the mother. You know, I feel like when she was younger, the paparazzi and all the things going on with her dad, I don't know what was happening with her as a mother, but I can't imagine that it was feeling the best, you know? And I know she's talked about like, you know, about perinatal depression and postpartum. And I just want to hold her in the highest light. And if you're on Brittany's team or you know someone, please get at me. I do have some things to say about her pregnancy and her chart, but only between me and Britt, okay? But congratulations to her. I'm going to leave it there because again, we have a special bonus episode 
There was some other really cool stuff in the news. Maybe I'll make some TikToks about it. Okay, let's talk about the moon report. So pens and papers, y'all. Friday, moon and Libra. Good Friday, Passover begins. There is like a building intensity of the week. We're going to start to feel Friday, like a, a culmination of that. So moon and Libra, Libra, justice, peace, harmony. What do you have to do to protect your peace? But also there may be something emotional coming up where you have to be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper, which means that you have to stir some shit up and disrupt the norm to get to the ultimate place of peace. Okay. And my sister taught me something. I think she heard it on a podcast. I forget who it was that she said, but my sister Gabby told me something about like, you know, seeking peace instead of like justice and sometimes like our one-on-one relationships, because we're not always going to find that in terms of what we want. We're not going to always get someone to change or see our ways, but we can figure out what are the things that I need to do to protect and make peace. And that's going to be a big theme Friday. Okay. There's all this Venus energy. We have the Venus ruled eclipse at the end of the month. We have this Venus ruled full moon. It's like our values, what's important to us. Okay. So watch out for where you are keeping the peace in a way that is actually really toxic or dangerous or draining to your energy and just see like, how can I begin to look at that pattern and adjust and maybe make some small steps to do that? Saturday, the full moon's in Libra. It's square Pluto. We all, and in a critical degree for Capricorn, um, for cardinal signs. So yeah, so I'm going to talk more about that in the full moon breakdown. But just again, full moons, space and grace, deep breaths, let yourself feel the feels. Whatever's coming up is important to feel. Don't push it down. But also we take responsibility for the energy we bring into rooms and situations and scenarios, right? Like bad things happen to us. We have trauma. We have things that are heavy, but we do have to like show up with a certain level of responsibility for how we react and respond to them because that's how the world is going to change. Okay. That's a little, you're like, wow, Maddie, pretty heavy uh, moon report RX. Usually I like to keep these a little light, not light and fluffy, but simple action steps. This is your emotional weather report, but I'm telling you this full moon this week, I just want to have everyone aware, aware, not scared, aware, because it is very transformative. But we all know transformation, especially with the cardinal signs, kind of comes through like a little explosion sometimes. Coming off of that, we have the moon in Scorpio. That'll be Sunday night. So full moon in Libra through Saturday and Sunday. Moon in Scorpio around 8.22 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the moon will stay there all day Monday. Moon in Scorpio, we might have to sit with ourselves. What came up over the weekend? Can we do some shadow work journaling? Can we do some healing? Can we, you know, make sure we have some therapy on the books? Can we go deep? Can we look into like the thing that happened beyond the thing? Can we also take our power back? Can we feel into our sensuality, into our power? Can we take a step towards some kind of personal transformation that we've been feeling called to do, right? And this moon in Scorpio is opposite Uranus. It's on the south node. So lots of old karma being released. I talked about it with the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Yeah. And it's shedding. Okay. And it almost might happen like rapid fire. You might've been feeling it, especially ever since the end of March, like again, contracts, karma being dissolved and these certain things, full moon and Libra, the eclipses, they're coming to really like the cleanup crew, right? Like, you know, after you move, you still have to like clean it up and repaint the place. But everyone's like, all right, come on, we'll clean it out. We're like dusting the corners. We're spackling. Let's go. Let's go. A whole new, a whole new vibe is here. A whole new contracts, a whole new situation ship with life is being born. Monday, moon and Sag that goes 10, 16 PM Eastern standard time goes through Tuesday and Wednesday. And then moon and Sag. Ooh, 
breath of fresh air, feeling hopeful, feeling optimistic. Okay. You know, those are doing some fun things with the Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces, you know, we're like, okay, what's happening? Where am I going? What's my next adventure? And you're almost feeling excited for it now, whatever the thing that you moved through and saw, maybe you have an opportunity, an invitation, or something that lights you up. Those happens those days. So I want you to kind of actively seek out inspiration, expansion, adventure, shake something up, do something a little different from your daily routine, go to a museum, go to a different coffee shop, go like let yourself feel into that. Have have fun, laugh, go to a comedy show, go do something that's like, again, waking up a different part of your brain and making you feel really like connected to that zest for life those days. Okay. Sag moon days, we are going to look out for just being like overly blunt, much slow down your communication those days. I always recommend. And then Thursday, we have the moon is in Capricorn. Moon is in Capricorn, really, you know, helping us just take care of our shit, take care of everything. This is like kind of too, we're talking about like it's taxes, like to you know, get your taxes in or file your extension. And when Capricorn's like, all right, let's take care of, of something. Let's look at something with no emotions or less emotions more analytically and really take stock of what's going on. Moon and Capricorn, I always say those days are just good for anything you've been putting off. Capricorns are like the anti-procrastinators. They just like roll their sleeves up and get stuff done. So under Moon and Capricorn days, I love to just like, yep, do the damn thing, not overthink it. Okay. So that's your moon report. Let's talk about this full moon in Libra. I hope you're not all like terrified now because you should not be. But again, I just like to really emphasize when I see certain things in a chart. So this full moon is really like, it feels like the culmination of, again, these cardinal planets have been very important. The Capricorn conjunction, Capricorn convergence is what imploded us in 2020. We've been in Chiron and Aries, learning a lot of wounds about ourselves and our identities. And now we have this full moon in Libra and it's in 26 degrees. And 26 degrees is a very important, like critical degree for cardinal signs, meaning that there is a sort of like emphasis or a struggle that can come out of it, but a struggle that is for your, like a real growth, like really moving past something for once and for all. So basically like I'm going to rewind here. Since Jan 2021, the planets have put pressure on ourselves to heal our relationship with ourselves so we can show up in a different way for the collective. We've been really looking at our values, Taurus. We've been looking at like our vibration, our energy, our community involvement with Saturn in Aquarius. We've been again looking at ourselves, Chiron and Aries. And like it's been a lot, it's been intense. 2021, I don't know about you, was one of the hardest years of my life, but I also like felt very like, at peace with it and I understood why everything was happening. But on paper, I was just like, God damn, like God damn. <laughs> I like started this podcast and like a month later, I was like, so my husband's getting open heart surgery. A oh, cool, cool, cool. We had like COVID, lo- you know, more lockdowns, lots of confusion. I had lots of personal things going on, but it was a lot about like, yeah, like facing what is the thing that's blocking you from showing up in the highest light in your corner of the world? Because honestly, our society has been built on a lot of people not showing up in the highest light and projecting their fucking bullshit on everyone around them. And that time is over or people having to hide or diminish or fold themselves in to accommodate those people. And it's just like that contract, that contract is fucking expired. Put it through the shredder and then burn it like, and then pee on the ashes. That contract is done. So we are being asked to, back to the individual, face our, mm, since especially 2021, like 2020, we kind of like just were like in shock, like everything woo, blew up. 2021 is like, okay, now I got to put some action behind it. 
Are you going to face that fear? Are you going to look at that karma? Are you going to look at that trauma? Are you going to look at those childhood wounds? And can we put an end to certain cyclical energies and like remove as much as we can from that, heal, integrate, whatever would clear as much as we could, but we're clearing that. And now in 2022, we're having like this profound change in our relationships, our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to our outside world. Um, a profound change is happening with like art and creativity right now, because that's also how we connect. That's like art and uh, creativity and expression is like our, I don't know, like a, a ligaments that like connect us to each other. And really the end of March through like April 1, that new moon we had, it was like everyone I knew in my life at some level was like enough is enough, some kind of change. Enough is enough with my own bullshit. Enough is enough with this relationship, this job. Again, a lot of like taking inventory, you know, stocking, looking at everything retrograde in the beginning of the year. And then it was like Aries season is like action. Aries season trips the wire. Aries season, it's like Aries, you have to do it and mess up to learn the lesson. Aries is doing its action. So we all kind of like tripped into something. It was again, like sleepy time, reflective time is over. And again, back to you, not looking at the outside world, what's wrong with it, not looking at all that. What do you need to heal in yourself, in your world? What changes do you have to make? It's time. It's time to change. It's time to get stronger. It's time to say, I am done with it. Basta. Fuck it. I'm not doing that anymore. It's time to do it. The new direction. Just do it. And it was a weird new moon. It was conjunct Chiron. It wasn't, didn't feel like bad bitch energy to me in the moment. A week later it did. It was like, it knocked me on my ass. Truthfully, I will tell you that. I got the worst head cold. Everything came up. Aries rules the head. It all makes sense. But now we have this new strength and this new awareness. We're just different now. Many, many, many people are tapping into a new level of this inner fortitude, this inner awareness. But again, only by having done the thing and messing it up. Okay, there's no shortcut to that. So, okay, I had a pause. That was really weird. Like a bird just crashed into my window, guys. Eclipse portal is real. So, yeah, the year, things are happening. I think I was about to say that, you know, what I want us to think about is many people are coming into this new inner fortitude and strength. The world is changing from the inside out. There is a learned behavior we're all being asked to look at and have been probably asked to look at for a while that we've gained from other people, or we entered into certain patterns or ways of being with certain people because we came into those relationships or we came into that those moments in fears and in, in our insecurities and in trauma and shadows. And maybe we didn't even realize it. and probably didn't. And that's beautiful. And we have to thank ourselves for that. Again, Aries, we have to learn by doing to learn about ourselves. But now like we're shedding that and we can have healing and forgiveness. And if this full moon Libra is bringing up anything around forgiveness for you, I set my clients last week to do the Ho'oponopono prayer, the Hawaiian prayer. It's such a beautiful forgiveness and release prayer. You can find it online. There's like a shedding, okay? Everyone's like showing up with this energy and they're interacting with it in different ways. And now we're beginning to interact in different ways with each other. And as everyone steps up to this and the people who are, you're going to feel like this ripple effect because... It just does. When you decide who you are and what you're worthy of and what you're not and what you'll say yes to and what you will and will not consent to and you have boundaries and you have a clear understanding of who you are, it's just it does it just shifts your relationships around you, okay? So that's what this Aries like brought. It looked at all this stuff we were reflecting on and then it said, Hey, 
No more ignoring, no more powering through with the ego, no more ignoring, no more denying. It's time to get into our feelings. And yeah, we're going to learn that through like being triggered or tripping the wire, of course. But it's like explosive, like done. So in part of that area is like taking things really personally. So if you took something personally, like over this time, end of March, early April, it was like kind of good. Like you should take it personally because that's like your call to action to go in and make a change of something. So we're feeling all of this. This is the energy we're leading up to with the full moon in Libra. So I'm telling you all of this. It's, it's a it's bigger than just the moment, if you will. Saturday is a climax to that. Saturday is a day to feel into that, to really feel this shift. Again, saying enough is enough. What's going on? Okay, full moon Libra, 26 degrees. Like I said, 26 degrees can be a little challenging, but again, it's it's a struggle to make you strong, to make you realize you are unstoppable, and to make you self-sufficient in a way that you might never have thought was possible up until this point. And self-sufficient doesn't mean alone. After all, full moon and Libra, relationship healing, all about the other. It's like this full moon is balancing an equal like harmony and balance. Aries, I, me, what do I need? And Libra, we, what do we do together? Balance compromise, right? But you really need both. Has anybody been in a relationship where it's just been too much of one or the other? It's not good, right? It's the independence, interdependence, balancing that. And this is the pink moon does come to bring us some beautiful heart chakra energy. You know, there's a culmination. So you might notice that there are some endings right now around relationships. And if that's what you're being guided to trust, I want you to trust it. A lot of what we're being asked to do right now is trust our inner knowing, trust our feelings. Our ego says, no, make it work. You're never going to find anything better. You've already put in the time. Our ego says, this is it. This is as good as it gets. It's scary out there. Ego says, it's fine. Just be grateful for what you have. We can't go. We can't do this work. Nothing's going to change. But our feelings, our intuitive guidance, that voice in you is saying like, that's bullshit. I'm meant for something more than this, right? Like this is, there's something better and I'm ready. I'm ready to like leap into the unknown. And that's going to be a process and a check-in. It's not a one-time thing. It's like a every day. It's like a multiple times a day kind of check-in. But I really want you to get in touch with your feelings. Full moons bring things up to the surface to teach us something. Our feelings are talking to us. They're guiding us. Okay. So during this lunation, Again, we're also going to be asked to look at like ourself. Where have we maybe dishonored ourselves or not looked at ourselves enough? Aries, sun, how can we bring in more of that self love and self care and radical like self worship is the word that comes to mind? But just like, damn, like I am the love of my life and I will have other loves of my life, but I want to really act like it and show up like it and invest my time and energy and, and invest actions back into that belief, right? And who is my personal identity? Maybe it's changed a lot. It probably has over the last two years. Is there anything in my life that I'm out I'm outgrowing in my relationships? And again, not that you have to end every relationship, but maybe just, again, the renegotiation, the restructuring. And again, this is also on a larger scale. We're kind of looking at like self-care, but also community care, right? Like everything we do in the inner affects us in the outer. It's all like micro macro. So again, like learning this balance of like, taking up space, but also like, how do we also respond to the needs of others and hold space for them on that journey, whether it's in our 
partnerships, our friendships, our work relationships, or again, like I said, on the larger societal level. So I want you to pay attention. I want you to definitely look back what was going on for you, Libra New Moon time, October 6, 2021. Go look at your emails, look at your journal, your diary, if you keep one, your photo albums, your social media, credit card receipts, whatever you do to keep track of your time. What was happening then? What was like either something sticky that was going on or intention that you set or something that a pattern that might've started or something that was set in motion? It's coming full bloom now. It's coming full circle. And it's either asking for you to pluck that bloom and like enjoy it and put it in a vase and take it to the next level or, you know, uh, propagate that bloom. Or it's asking to like, okay, that's done now. Like it's time to pluck that and make room for something else and make more room in that soil. So thinking about that, that culmination and paying attention to any epiphanies you may have, ahas, uh, revelations about relationship, partnership, companionship, independence, identity, and Saturn is is harmonious with this with the sun and moon absolutely but Pluto is forming a square so this is tough decision time okay but it will ultimately pay off thinking long term Pluto and Capricorn long term choices like do I really want to live the next 10 20 years of my life like this like let's let's think Pluto squaring also might be something like you might find yourself seeking counsel from someone older or wiser or an elder or like a professional in a, in a field. So again, keeping that in mind, but yeah, the Pluto and Capricorn, it's intense. Okay. Cardinal signs, they're always going to trigger something in, intense in us, especially as Pluto finishes up it, its trip in Capricorn. Okay. So I want you to think about, you actually have Mars and Saturn on your side, this full moon helping you take action, which usually is the opposite. And it's actually the challenging aspects are to Jupiter, Neptune, and Pluto. Jupiter, Neptune, because you might be not seeing things clearly or getting too washed over in like the feelings and you don't even know how to make sense of them. That's why I like things like journaling, processing, talking things out, pulling cards, getting a spiritual reading, going to therapy can help you like parse through and make sense of those feelings instead of just drowning in them, right? So this full moon square, I want you to, a Pluto, I want you to think about like, again, something's coming up. And it might have something to do around a masculine figure in your life, an old wound, and it might come up to the surface. But I want you to look at it like, how can that be now something of like, okay, I can use that to change and to transform and really like respond to that call to action. Okay. So yeah, I just want to put it full moon Libra, square Pluto. Secrets can come up. Power struggles can come up. Things around family, things around jealousy, things around all this can come up. So I want us to think about like, again, tuning that into opportunities to transform and evolve. And the big difference of it is like honoring your boundaries. Like I said, full moon and Libra, knowing your boundaries clearly and just knowing like how to, that you, only you can control yourself, like, and you can't control other people's actions. So what do you need to do to adjust, to evolve, to protect yourself, to kind of go to the next level in your spiritual journey? knowing that like the other person might not be a part of that. And that's just the real talk from your girl, Maddie Murphy right now. But there's so much, there's a, I don't really always study fixed stars, but I, I was looking at some Aries, the goddess of discord is doing some crazy things with this full moon, a fixed star. Arcturus is really giving like honors and high renown and, and prosperity 
through like these voyages right now. So again, it's like achieving like it's achieving justice by stepping into your personal power is the Arcturus energy. And again, I don't normally bring up big stars or, you know, asteroids, but I just thought that was a cool showing us something else about this moon. Okay. The thing that is going to really hold us in this is like, let go of this thing because we're about to go through this eclipse portal and we don't want to bring it with us. Okay. We want new change, Taurus, new moon eclipse. And then I'm just going to say, especially if you're empathic sensitive, I want you to make time to be in nature, maybe step away from the news. It might get a little intense in the collective during this weekend. It is, it's just extreme emotions and it's kind of a destructive energy on the collective. So we just want to, again, like be aware and how we can show up in service, but not get so lost in that sauce and not get like, let it into the point where it, it breaks us and, and drains us. Okay. So I want you to, again, use this full moon, illuminate it, let it help you find beauty in areas you previously might've struggled in. I want you to pour some love into yourself and a moon mantra that I love is like, I am, you know, a living embodiment. I am the reflection of the kind of love, truth, and authenticity I want to experience in the world. And that's where I'm going to leave you. Stay tuned. Listen to Dylan's episode following this. And I just want to say too that, you know, use this full moon Libra to be the version of yourself that you want to feel in your relationships. So send a note to someone you care about. If someone's on your mind, call them send a card, like show up in that way. I feel like that's um, a beautiful full moon in Libra ritual. Uh, full moons are about embodiment. So I hope this serves you. I hope this resonates. I'm wrapping you all up in so much love. I will see you next week. We'll be talking about eclipses. The eclipses are coming. Woo. And in the meantime, tag us in your full moon rituals, tag us in your baddie photos at the Cosmic RX and come slide in my DMs. Let me know what I can do to serve you better. In the meantime, sending you love and stardust and uh, enjoy Dylan's app. Hello, my cosmic baddies. Welcome back to another episode. And do I have a treat for you today? We have a hybrid cosmic change maker but also someone I think is an up-and-coming spiritual thought leader in this space. Uh, we have Dylan, aka D-Money King, who is a trauma-informed spiritual life coach, board-certified hypnotherapist, and lover of all things mystical, magical, and miraculous. I have had the pleasure of getting to know her over the past year in our community, and she is a bright light. After working eight years in a toxic environment that celebrated hustle culture, oh, we'll talk about that, and encouraged behaviors that inevitably led to burnout, she was left to rediscover her passions and her own spirituality. And now she supports the fellow change makers of the world to quit people pleasing so they can lead and create a life that truly lights them up. She is also the host of the Woo Woo Bible, and we're going to talk about her experience of having a background in a Baptist church, taking the best parts of it, leaving the rest, weaving in the Woo Woo, and this is why I am so excited to have her on as today's Cosmic Change Maker. Hi, Dylan. How are you? I'm good. Hi. I am so excited to be here. Oh, my goodness. Well, you are just the exact type of person I love to have on because there's so many things I want to talk to you about at once. I'm like, I'm hyper. So I've had the pleasure of getting to know you in our Cosmic Fit Club community over the past year. And you always add the best insights to our chats and to our moon circles. 
And, you know, I definitely want to give you the chance to introduce yourself and what you do in your own words. But one thing I want to let the listeners know today, I'm really excited to talk about your journey from, like I said, being at a Baptist church to arriving here now. And I know you just left Bible study right before this podcast. And so I know we connect on that. I grew up like living in Bible studies. So I'm so excited to have someone who is like Christian, spiritual, witchy, mystical, magical, all wrapped up in one. So why don't you tell people a little bit in your own words about who you are and what you do you know, now? Yeah. So you had a wonderful introduction. I think that sums it up very clearly. Right now, I'm a spiritual life coach. That is my main focus. I grew up actually in the Episcopal church, but definitely because I grew up and now live in Southeast Texas. There is a lot of Baptist churches there. Okay, Um, that's where I got that from. Yes. (laughs) Most of the kids that I went to school with and grew grew up with were Baptist. But me personally, uh, my grandparents were Episcopalian and currently I go to an Episcopal church. So my journey, I guess, looks a little bit Back and forth, my parents didn't bring us to church growing up, but my grandparents were always very, very, very involved. So that was really the main example that I had and the main connection that I had. Mm. I very much respected my grandfather. He was one of the main examples of what I considered to be a very respectable, a very admirable and great example of what people should aspire to be, a very loving and caring man. My grandparents were everything in my life. Eventually, my mom ended up getting addicted to drugs and leaving when I was 14. Mm -hmm. And my grandmother ended up asking me to move in with her and taking care of me. So she eventually became a huge mother figure in my life. So I very much oscillated between the worlds. I think a lot of us had that experience growing up where we wanted to kind of reject a lot of the labels and things like that. So it was Mm -hmm. very much that emo girl in your class who... (laughs) listened to all of the bands and, you know, Good Charlotte always has a place in my heart forever. And always, (laughs) please, Billy Martin, please marry me. Please. Um, All right. Put it out there. Put it out there. Come find us. Please call me. So always, I was that weird girl in your class. And I really wanted to explore all sides of it because I very much didn't feel accepted by all of the other kids. And since all of the other kids were going to those Baptist Bible studies, I didn't want any part of that. It felt very Mm. closed off, very closed-minded, very upsetting and hurtful and restrictive to me. Mm. So I wanted to explore something outside of that. So we had no money growing up. We were on food stamps. I went to a very a very rich school. But the only reason that I could afford to do anything was because my grandparents paid for everything. Mm. So my grandmother would buy books that I was interested in, things that I wanted to read. 
And she actually, even though she was a very devout Episcopalian and did all of the things she Anybody who's familiar with all of the studies, she did Daughters of the King. She even went through some of the trainings that people go through when they're studying to be preachers. I mean, she really did all of the things. She still bought me an introduction to Wicca book. God bless her. She was very upset. She was like, really? This? This? (laughs) But she still did it. My dad had a deck of tarot cards and gave that to me. Mm. Uh, He just had it in his wild teenage years. So all of those things I wanted to learn about and wanted to explore. But at the same time, I always came back to the structure and the community that I grew up in, the very comforting ritual nature that is in the Episcopal church. Mm -hmm. There's such a such a comfort in how the services run that is very enjoyable and very soothing to me. Mm, oh, beautiful. I mean, yeah, I, I love hearing your story. And honestly, your grandparents sound just like amazing humans. And I love what a role model your grandfather provided for sort of a masculine presence. And I love that your grandmother is just like, you know what? She wants this Wiccan book. Like I don't, and that to me is what it means to be like a soul guide. I'm going to, you know, instill certain values in you, keep you safe. But when you have those like things that are curious that aren't going to cause you harm, yeah, I'm going to like put away my own ego and my thoughts and be like, okay, I'm going to buy that book. I have a lot of questions. My first question, though, off that is like, what what did pull you to that Wiccan book? What was like, I need that? What was the feeling that you felt towards that book? I think it was just one of the first things I had ever seen that had something different, mm-hmm. another form of ritual, another way to interact that was empowering you know, one of those things that's full of spells and full of it's those books were not talking about manifestation or anything very deep, but kind of very surface level things, but just a very, very small introduction to, hey, here is essentially a different way to pray. Mm. Because a lot of people are not taught how to pray. And I certainly wasn't. It took me probably until my late 20s to really understand what the concept behind prayer was. Oh, I mean, would you mind sharing that with us? Because now that you're saying this, I'm like, do I even know? (laughs) Yeah, I really started to understand the concept and the real reasoning behind both prayer and meditation when I got into the Al-Anon program. So Al-Anon is a program for friends and families of alcoholics. And that is very intentionally a spiritual program. One of the best sayings that I learned and took away from that program is that prayer is when you talk to God And meditation is when God talks to you. Mm -hmm. 
So good. Yeah, right? I think up until then, it had only been presented to me as, oh, you have to meditate for XYZ reasons. Everybody's meditating. You got to do this because it's the thing to do. And prayer had kind of been presented in that same way. Like, well, you have to, you have to pray. Like, don't you know? Mm-hmm. If you don't know the prayers, then you're a bad Christian. Ooh, yes. I got married at 18, my -hmm. first marriage. And I can remember feeling that it was important. My first husband was Jewish. And it was very important to me to honor his Jewish traditions. I still think that the Jewish traditions are incredibly beautiful. And I definitely wanted to incorporate them into our wedding. But I still wanted to have those things that I had grown up with. And trying to explain those things to my future in-laws, I didn't have the words. Like, I couldn't articulate. I was like, y'all don't understand. I know that I'm not super active in my Christianity practices at this point in my life, but I need to have these things here. And I, I didn't know, like, what the Nicene Creed was. I was like, you know, that thing it's like, uh, it says this, you know, like, I didn't know what it was, but I needed it there. It was important to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. I, first of all, I'm just soaking it all in because there's so many things I want to like unpack here. It was smaller. First bag unpack, a carry on size is just the, you're so right. Like I love meditation is listening to God, praying and speaking to God. One of my, my most important figures in my life, my Uncle George, who was raised in Baptist, Mississippi, moved to New York as a writer during like the beatnik stage. He went through a very bad drinking problem, got sober, and just became kind of like my grandpa figure. And he he was really did not bring up religion that much or anything, but he told me that in my 20s. And I was like, oh, yeah, it landed in that same way just when you said it again. Such a good reminder. And the larger thing I want to unpack that's more of a steamer trunk size of things to unpack is just the tone and what you're referencing in this thing about like your prayer, you have to do it. And you know, it's part of being a good Christian. And you know, for anybody who's listening, who doesn't know, I, I grew up in a very like, I don't even know what the, it didn't even have a denomination, but it was just like born again, hippie, but radical, like not hippie in the good way, but like, I don't even know, radical fundamentalist, like rogue Christian church where we did Bible studies out of our house. And the thing about like, you know, we go to teen camps and Bible studies and it's like, if you were not like praying, you know, twice a day, it was felt like I used to pray because I literally thought something bad was going to happen if I didn't. Like almost like this like transactional experience with God. And like, and my dad taught me, similar to you, Gemini Moon, just like, no, just have a conversation with God. Like, it's not like you have to go, like, God doesn't need you to like, whatever, prove something. So that was a huge moment for me. But when you were talking about it, I just couldn't help but think about our conversation we had prior to this recording about how so much of what turns people off from probably the church outside of just their own Christianity, their own practice, their own connection to God, is that so much of the church is wrapped up in this capitalistic, patriarchal, punitive, purity culture, this whole, all of these it's like this web of just like tangled energy that makes has choked out all of the light and the healing and the love 
that we're supposed to access through a connection to God, a connection to whatever that higher power is that we like go to church to connect to. So for you, I'm curious because I'm not that familiar with Episcopalian practices. I'm super intrigued by what you just said about loving the service and the format. Now I have to go to one. But was there anything that you had to like, did you ever have that moment of aha that like certain things in the church were actually like, oh, this actually isn't serving me. Like this is coming from a more of a place of maybe taking away from my inherent worthiness. Whereas obviously like your connection to God is supposed to make you have quite the opposite feeling. Like, did you have that moment in, in that church environment or I'm curious. Some of the instances that stand out to me are probably mostly during my formative years. I can remember trying to go to like some of the Bible studies with, you know, my peers. And I have like these vivid memories where the youth leader would be like, okay, anybody who brought their Bible, show me your Bible. And then they would like, toss out t-shirts like (laughs) I I can't understand that because that makes no sense what if I can't afford a bible I didn't own a bible I didn't own a bible I was on food stamps nobody was buying me bibles what are you talking about oh my god oh my gosh I didn't know to bring a bible what a weird concept so I don't understand this concept of doing these things to engage people to kind of indoctrinate people for the wrong reasons. It doesn't make sense to me. There was a church that I really, really loved when I was living in Savannah, Georgia. That's where I went to college. And I really, really loved this church. I loved the pastor. He was a friend of mine. He actually worked with me at Starbucks before he left to start his own church. He's super great. He really, really Like, this is nothing against him himself. He really does a wonderful job. There are people in his church who are still working on themselves. And I had... Nice way of putting it. Yeah. I had a conversation one time where I was sharing some of my experiences where my grandmother has passed now, but at the time, only my grandfather had passed. And he is very, very, very much my spirit guide. I have seen him... In person, I have seen him in my dreams. Like he very much comes to me and looks out for me. And when I was sharing some of my story with them, they were like, oh, that's really nice, but you know that that's not real. Mm. And I was like, I don't understand why you would want to invalidate something like that. So beautiful. Like, <laughs> like that doesn't make sense to me because my grandfather is one of the most impactful religious figures in my life that ties me so tightly to God, to my divine experience, why would you want to take that away from me just because it doesn't align with what you believe? Why is that uncomfortable for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and right. And that's where, the, like we talked about, we were saying the other day, the ego and the control and all this stuff that starts to creep in. And we had talked about even like you had mentioned the Bible, just people manipulate passages or edit things or whatever it is to serve them. And you kind of wonder like, what is it either in your ego or through your own wounding from your own experience of someone doing it to you? Why do you feel the need to take an experience from me that is just a completely beautiful 
and healing and supportive to me and take it away and invalidate that. And it does create such a disconnect. Like this is supposed to be people that I'm, you know, want to be like-minded with and gather and worship and pray and support. But yet you're taking away this, like my grandfather was so important to me. Why would you do anything to invalidate or dilute like the connection that I have to him? So I think that's a really good example of where, yeah, we just fall short. And again, nothing here, not trying to like, you know, shame or blame anyone, but just creating that awareness and where we can look to be better or do better or just realize too that I know for me, like I had to unpack so much of this because we're growing up in a very, in my church and growing up in just a lot of our friends and our social networks were connected to that. When you're in it, it's like air you breathe. It's a little hard to realize or distinguish like, oh, maybe that's not, maybe they weren't right. Maybe that wasn't like, I know for me, even you know, as someone who's obviously now like full-blown cosmic consultant. I had so many questions growing up. I had so many questions in my church. Everything from like, why are the women only doing the Sunday school? Like, why are there no women teachers? At least in my church, that's how it was. Mm -hmm. I remember we were at like a YMCA facility and having like a a retreat and a Muslim group was there. And this was like after 9-11. And that was like really, I was pretty young, but I remember having a very clear like, oh, that's ugly. Like those things that people in my church were saying or doing or how they were acting. And I remember just asking my dad, like, how do we know that they're not right? Like they're taking certain, like a lot of the texts that the fundamental, like the the Bible contains the Tanakh. And within the Tanakh, there are stories of like, yeah, Abraham and like the Muslim like faith, they took it in one direction. And like, how do we know that we're not going to like one day, you know, our church was very much based on like the kingdom, like entering the kingdom. Like, how do we know we're not going to get to the kingdom? And we had it all wrong. And my dad, thank God, thank goddess for my father. Like, he was just like, I'm such a philosopher, such a questioner. He's like, we don't. Like, we have no idea. Like, we just know that, like, we're supposed to show up and bring God-like energy to earth. Like, that's what it means to bring your kingdom to earth. Like, your kingdom come is just bring it here and, like, acting in the way, the best way we can and, and leaving your heart feel free. And I was like, oh, okay. Because I remember having all these, like, disconnect moments like that in my church. And some, those were big ones, but there were so many now in my late 20s and my 30s that I've had to unpack and have moments like that of like, oh, yeah, my my connection to the, the, the sky, to the stars, like, growing up, it was like evil to like study astrology. And I remember I had this moment of like, wait, but like God made the stars. Like, what? Like, <laughs> like the wise men were following the stars. I'm like, what is going on? And like, I had so much, almost like I loved astrology, but I did have this weird like shame blanket around it a little bit sometimes. So I just think it's helpful to hear those moments of like awareness where we can separate, you know, indoctrination, the humanification, the egoification of the Bible, of Christianity, and separating that from like, you know, the the truth of it. And I love, I just want to talk about your podcast a little bit, but that's like one of your taglines for your podcast is like ditch the dogma, connect to something greater for the woo-woo Bible. I love that because like once I learned what the word dogma was, my dad taught it to me. I was like, yeah, mm -mm, no, I'm (laughs) not for me. (laughs) So tell me a little bit about this podcast project. Like what was the inspiration behind starting it? What, What kind of things do you cover? What do you talk about on it? Yeah, so I had been going to Bible study for a while, and my Bible study is mostly old ladies, which is fun. And it was so interesting to me because 
I felt like on the one side, I had all of these online, very spiritual friends who wanted to talk about astrology and inner child healing and all of this fun stuff, Reiki and all of this side. Mm. And then I had this other side where, you know, we were looking at the Bible and very slowly I wanted to kind of sprinkle in. I was like, hey, so when I'm reading this, I am kind of interpreting it as this. Like I literally, like it feels like uh, there's like manifestation themes coming up in this passage. It's kind of weird. Are you guys seeing that? And mm-hmm. most of the people there have maybe never studied manifestation, but I do have some people in my group who are like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I see that. And that was like blowing my mind where I was like, there are like ladies in their 60s here who want to hear me talk about all of this wild stuff. I can't believe that's wild to me. That was blowing my mind that they really wanted to hear me talk about that. And they wanted to talk about it through that lens. They also had stories where they had been very hurt and very upset, where they had stories about why they had left other churches because of how they had been treated in the past or things that they had heard growing up about certain passages. And they were like, I can't believe that I grew up hearing it this way because that doesn't make any sense. And I was like, that's so crazy that there are people here who most people, if they looked at, you know, these 60, 70 year old ladies who are white, who live in Houston, Texas, they would have a very different idea of what their interpretation is. That's so interesting that they don't want to talk about these passages this way. I would also find that there were people in the spiritual community who were incredibly comfortable with referring to their higher power with the word God, but maybe they weren't so sure if that was okay because we get kind of this vibe of, hey, don't use that because it's offensive to other people and we have to like, we have to respect everybody. And that's like, we want to be respectful of everybody, but I think for the most part, we all understand that Anybody can use whatever words they want. We're not intentionally telling you, you have to say this. It's okay. And I would really like to just not have to make that disclaimer any longer where we can just say, look, this is the language I'm going to use and you can interpret it however you want. I literally don't care. Right. Like, I don't care. I want to be able to just use this story as it was intended. And if you don't want to convert to Christianity, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's just a story. Right. It's a story in a book. And if you wanna if you wanna start going to church, great, awesome. I'm glad for you. But if you don't, if you wanna go to a mosque or you wanna go wherever you wanna go, whatever you wanna do, however you wanna take that, good. <laughs> because the stories are what teach us something. And that's what's important. So that's kind of how it started. I was like, this story particularly speaks to me and I want to take it and translate it. I don't remember what what the first story 
was offhand. But there was one story where I was like, this story is like so good that if I can take it and just tell it like I'm telling it to a friend and then build on that so that people can see what there is to this outside of you have to do X, Y, Z, then that's important. And that that's, you know, important to somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it started. And since then, I've expanded onto adding on some of the most important spiritual texts that I've come across in my journey. So I'm excited. Like I just did The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is one of my favorite, favorite books by far. (laughs) I love that book. So I'm super excited to incorporate some other texts from different authors and also doing just some conversations from different point of views, different spiritual practices that that they have. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I mean, so much, I'm looking at your chart, so many amazing things you just said. I think that journey of like, yeah, reclaiming certain things, scripture, the Bible, the stories in the Bible, the word God for yourself to be like, hey, outside of whatever that got, you know, associated with. I think that's like such, it's interesting that you said in your Bible study, you had multiple women being like, yeah, actually, when I went to the scripture and I read it myself, that's not what it was saying. And I think that was such a tool, like that gatekeeping I'm like, that's why they want women to read for so long. Like, it's just that word, like, why there's all, you know, so it's in like Greek or Latin, these ancient texts. It's like, when you read it, I remember saying, being like, that's not what that says. Or like, you're cherry picking that out of a whole other larger conversation. And, you know, this is to say nothing of like, like my dad always said, it's like the Bible was just like, if God gave us a little something to chew on, like, that's not all of God isn't contained in that book. That was just something for us to like, have a few stories, some general guidelines, things to think about, but we can't just like, you know, lock ourselves in into that. And then I love that you're finding yet yeah, other texts that are kind of, again, helping you expand. I know you also love A Course in Miracles. Sorry, is that what you love too? Yeah, okay. A Course in Miracles is one of my, one of my favorites. It's so fascinating to see because if you take it at its, at face value, the assumption, the claim is that it is uh, transcribed as literally Jesus speaking through the woman who wrote it, not as if somebody is wrote it as an opinion. It's literally, and you can take that however you want. If you don't believe that, then you don't believe that. But that is what it's written with the intention of. Mm, I love that. Yeah, there's something about coming back to all of this with a different lens. Kind of for me, like I didn't know what the word religious trauma was, but I had to unpack it in therapy because I had just thoughts and notions that I just thought that they were my own thoughts and uh, things that were obsessive that I was doing. And I thought I was a little crazy before I went to my therapist. I was like, Maddie, maybe you're being a little dramatic. Okay, everyone, you know, it's fine. You're fine. Cause like, it's just, you know, you're making it too big of a deal about this. But I was like, I don't know something about myself. I just didn't feel inherently worthy. And I felt a lot of shame and all these things. And I remember like a few summers ago, I was doing research on self-love just to write something about it. And I was just reading texts and poems and listening to podcasts. And I found this whole rabbit hole of these certain, again, very fundamental churches, very extremist, nationalized like churches 
being like, oh, like self-love is from the devil. And I was like, what? And I was like, I was reading this and Dylan, I almost fell off my chair. I was like, self-love is the religion of the godless. Like loving yourself is like letting the devil come into your life. And I was like, you know what? God, thank you. My mom always says, God gets you the information you need. And I was like, thank you for showing me this because it helped validate that I wasn't fucking crazy. Like I had been gaslit into thinking through the church that like any act of loving myself was somehow like <laughs> like an insult. But also the same people are telling you that like Christ is within you. And I was like, okay, I'm really confused. And something about having that validated that like what they were saying in that way. And then it all like, you know, I started studying a few years ago, everything, matriarchal, patriarchal societies and worship and, and spirituality. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, it does. It's like a really easy way to take you out of your power is just saying, hey, if you even like yourself or love yourself, even though you're supposed to be a piece of God and Christ's energy walking around the earth, that's bad. Like, yeah, you got to stay away from that self-love. It's a little dangerous. So it was like really healing to actually read that it wasn't just me. So I think that, yeah, these discussions about just the separation and words, like I didn't use the word God for a long time. I still have an iffy relationship with it because of my church it's like burned in my brain as this like angry masculine figure so sometimes i still say god but i'll say like they or it'll help me feel like it's such a transcendent energy for me too i'm like it's hard for me to even have any word that defines what my connection to god to the divine to source feels like but i, I like this like reclaiming it intentionally and compassionately like i'm not trying to force it on you because also a big issue with christianity is the forcing it on people i was literally like a teenage like proselytizer in the street like i used to have to go and like try to convert people in like central park um so talk about religious trauma like just 17 year old me like let me tell you something about the world you like you're gonna go you got you walk into the kingdom and i'm like why i don't i'm such an introvert i mean like talking to people i know like this is like traumatizing me on a lot of levels so all of that like you know making peace with that making amends reclaiming it studying it turning it on its head, it's also important to like make it your own because spirituality at the end of the day and your connection to God is so, is so your own, right? Like it's, mm. it has to be, it's a relationship like any relationship is. And I want to talk about some of the things I love in your chart for a moment, but I definitely encourage everyone. I'm going to echo what you said, the artist way, Julia Cameron, <laughs> life changing book. And it makes so much sense, you know, based on your chart, but I'm going to talk about three things I love about your chart. Is there any questions you have or anything you want to use this time for to like dig into astrologically while you have me here? No, I'm super, super stoked. I've never had a chart reading. So everything that I know about it, I've just looked at myself. Oh my, oh my goodness. Okay. So I'll give you, this is a high level, but I'll try and make it juicy. So the things I love about your chart. Obviously, I've already talked about your Gemini moon. So your big three, Sun and Aries, Gemini moon, Virgo rising. So Gemini moon, like I was saying, some of my favorite people on the planet are Gemini moons or my biggest teachers, I should also say and clarify that. My cousin, Kirsten, who actually Scorpio, you know, she's super spiritual, very into tarot, astrology, numerology. She taught me that when I was younger, but she was the first widening back into falling in love with and having a relationship with Jesus outside of the church Jesus. But like he came to her in a dream changed her life. And I was like, maybe I should give Jesus a chance again, because whatever I, that was that I experienced through my church, 
like there's parts that I like. And I mean, truly, if anyone's listening to this, connect with Jesus. I just, I behoove you. I invite you to. But the Gemini moon of it is like that questioning things and the wanting to go deeper and turning things on its head. And you have such a natural curiosity and that like student teacher's mind. But I love Gemini moons because you're keeping things fresh. Like my dad did. Like, yeah, you know, like we're here, like we're here in this church, but like you can, I know you're nine, but you can question this if you want. Or like, he would give me books on like the idiot's guide to the Torah, the idiot's guide to the Quran, like those yellow books from like the nineties. And he'd be like, just, you got questions? Read. I'm like, okay, like what? That being in your 10th house, it's very much meant to be part of your career and meant to be part of your public image and how you're broadcasting your message out. And it also is a little bit, you have some like, you have some rebel energy in your chart. So I know we didn't really get into it that much, but I know you had worked at Starbucks and we have talked about and connected the late stage capitalism trauma of working in a place like that, you're definitely not meant to. That Gemini moon in the 10th house, like, why? Why am I doing this? Who says? Why? Like, there's so much, like, no, what? Like, mm-mm. And so really, I think part of your, how you're meant to be in your career and working is through teaching, through talking, through communicating, through sharing, through taking these big concepts that you're kind of curious in and breaking them down into digestible bits and doses, which is probably why I connect with you so much, because I love that too. And my North Nodes in Gemini in my 12th house. So you have the Gemini moon, which I love. And I just feel when I talk to you, you, you give me the same feeling of talking to my dad and my cousin Kirsten. I'm just like, ooh, yeah. And she loves artists way. I'm like, ooh, tell me more. What? Yeah. Like, what book are you reading? Well, tell me more about that. Like, let's, let's, let's chew on that. Let's break it down. Like Rubik's Cube. Look at all the different sides of this subject. You know, Virgo rising. My mom's a Virgo rising. I have a lot of Virgo. I, I have a lot of Virgo risings who are connected to the church. I have to do a study on it, but um, a lot of my clients who are Virgo risings, like, because I think one, you're just naturally drawn to ritual. The Virgo energy is the sign of the priestess, the one who's whole for herself, but who really connects to ritual. We're all very ritually articulate as humans. That's what our soul, that's the language our soul speaks. Ritual and ceremony feed our soul and our spirit as food feeds our body. But with Virgo energy, it's like you really crave it. You want something physical. You like like the crystals. You like sitting down and doing something. You like going to church with the same, the smells and the music and sitting there and like having that container, you know, ritual as a container for your intentions and for your spirit to get whatever it needs to, whether it's manifesting, whether it's healing, whether it's coming back to center. So I find that Virgo rising is like, kind of are drawn to like church or, or church-like environments, especially like, and then they kind of like, you know, go on a journey of making it work for them. And again, so curious. You have so much mercury in your chart. Mercury in that big, in that big three, just like, yes, curiosity, writing, reading. I'm sure you have a pile of books, you know, or whatever, whatever you can get your hands on. You're reading, you're curious. And I'm really interested in what's jumping out to me is you're in your Saturn return. Yeah. <laughs> All of this wisdom, and you're not even out of your Saturn return yet. Wow, you're leap years ahead of where I was. So congratulations, uh, D-Money. I'm like, wow, to have all of this awareness and you know, being still a year plus in your Saturn return. Um, so you know, that'll end in March 2023 for you. You already went through your Saturn exact return, but you're still in it you know, until then. And it's very interesting for me, for you, because what it's doing in your chart, I see mirrored, you know, I've known you for the past year or so, I think we're coming up on or just hit your bad anniversary. And, you know, this has been a lot about you 
your side in return, you know, changing your community, changing your friend groups, changing your vision of how the world is, wanting to be more progressive or innovative or seen into like that more, you know, what, what's next for us that's like progressive as humanity and bringing that into your daily life, into your work, working with technology more, like I said, new communities, but specifically for you, it's in your fifth house of expression and being on camera and being seen and putting something out in the world and playing. And I think about you, we were talking about this in one of our circles, but I was like, like I was like, you just, you've been on some kind of glow up from the last year. <laughs> think that, you know, watching you, I don't know if you launched your business within our time of knowing you, but I, you just came on my radar really hard with like the podcast and your Instagram is like so colorful and your branding and you do these great videos on, you know, EFT and hypnotherapy and talks. And I was like, wow, like, I just feel like I watched you emerge from a cocoon. And so that's very Saturn in the fifth house. And it's also a healing of your inner child, like part of that Saturn return through the fifth house. It's like, let me go back, heal, 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 heal all those parts of me that didn't feel safe to show up in in my shine and my self-expression and in self-love. And let me go back and heal that. And now like radiate that all out, like unapologetically live on purpose, with purpose, with color and like be witnessed and be seen in that. So I, I feel that from you. Do you feel that at all? Does that resonate? Yes. So when was the exact, because I get confused and I feel like I get conflicting information when I try to like Google it. Mm -hmm. When was the exact? So your exact of your Saturn return would have been around January of last year, 2021. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like there was like a lot of stuff. I left my job. I left Starbucks in 2019 and there was Mm -hmm. like a lot of I was pregnant at the time with our second daughter so there was still a lot of like trying to figure out what am I what am I doing what am I (laughs) what's happening right Mm -hmm. now that was when I finally went back to church because I never had time to do it that was when I got Mm -hmm. started in Al-Anon I had our second baby my oldest daughter got diagnosed with autism my husband finally got sober there was so mm. much transformation and I started my business, but I was still trying to figure out like, what does this business mean? I know I'm, I know what I mm. want to do, but like, how does it fit? <laughs> how does, mm-hmm. what does it mean? And then you're right. Like last year, about February ish is when I started working with you guys. I joined the Cosmic Fit Club in that time has been some of the most radical shifts where it's like, okay, I feel like I kind of know what it is that I'm doing. I made all of these kind of preparatory shifts. You know, I quit my job. I started back on track here. I kind of got things in order and now I'm ready to do the work to get things sorted out and figure out who I am and what it is that I'm doing. Now I feel like I'm there. Like I just, I just signed up to do like another thing for my business. And when I was filling out like all of the stuff, I was like, I don't need somebody else to tell me like what to do in my business. I need somebody to help me articulate better what it is that I want to say, because I already know what I'm doing. I'm here. I know what I'm doing. I just want somebody to help me get it out there Mm. and say it better. Because even though I have a Gemini moon and I'm like, yes. 
I got the words. I want to make sure that they're coming out the best way possible. Absolutely. I love that. And thank you. Such a good illustration of to what the Saturn return can feel like, because everyone thinks the Saturn return is bad, but really it's the nodal opposition that happens like the year before your Saturn return is like the legs get pulled out, everything gets pulled out, all your emotional crutches, all of your support system, all basically life as you know it, everything that you did to cope with life, it gets, you know, like, nope, house of cards, not going to work. Then you go into your Saturn return and you start doing the work and like digging in, building the new foundation, knocking some things down when it doesn't go the right way, starting over. So what you're describing now is like, yeah, um, you know, the Saturn return is a long time. So it's not all like you go through a, a moment of a breakdown, but then you could have this moment like you had. Now it's like, oh, I actually know what I'm doing. And my work is, yes, I'm, I'm fine-tuning it. I'm perfecting it. I'm learning what I need, ask for help, clarifying, refining. But that's a very, yes, accurate just depiction, I would say, of, of a, a Saturn return of someone who's conscious and paying attention and like open to doing the work, seeking help, seeking community. And we only have a few minutes left, but I want to bring up two things because I love you and I just have so much I want to tell you about your chart. Community. You mentioned it before. Community is so important for you. It's where you're like Jupiter is in Leo in the 11th house. So connecting into like-minded people, forming community, like different communities. I love that you have your Bible study. You have the Fit Club. You have your clients. You have like all these things you're doing. You find like luck and expansion and blessings and miracles when you connect into others. And when you're connecting through very 11th house things, through technology, through looking at the world, how do I make it a more inclusive, progressive place? How do I tap into that higher vision of how do I want to leave this world for my children? Let me meet people who have my back in that. I don't have to do it alone. I'm connected to something bigger. I'm cause oriented within a community that opens up for you so much. It's also directly opposite your Saturn. So that's been the lesson, like pinging back and forth. The reminder, like broadcast signals back and forth in your chart. Like, yes, Saturn and Aquarius in your fifth house is like show up, be seen for the community, but be seen you is really important. And then it's like opposite. <laughs> and then being in community is what lights up your Jupiter and Leo, your heart, your blessings, your creativity. So it's a beautiful conversation back and forth um, between those parts of your chart. And then all I'm going to say is, honey, sweetie, this summer into fall, writing, publishing, if you want to write something, you have a very long extended Mars return. That's probably going to push forward your business end of the summer, well into 2023. It's going to go retrograde too. So you're going to feel a pullback moment. But that extended Mars return in Gemini, um, big moves for your career, fine tuning, any kind of thing you're putting out copy wise, your website, your podcast, publishing things like it's a good time to dig into that. And you're going to feel very supported and definitely keep up with your art because your Venus and Taurus loves that, loves the artist way. When you said that, I was like, hell yes. Like, that is so, your Venus is your values and how you stay magnetic. So feeding that through your artist way, like practice is going to, what's going to keep you open and flowing. And in that place of like, I get to be the flower and the bees just come right to me versus that hustle, hustle, chase, chase culture. So how does that feel to you? Any questions before we wrap up here? Thoughts? No, that feels like amazing. The art thing is like dead on. I have a BFA in performing arts. So that that's what I pursued initially. So the artists is who I am at my core. 
You are an artist at your core, 100%. I'm your Venus on Venus energy. So this was so good. I want to wrap up. Just be mindful of your time. But where can people find you? And anything exciting coming down the pike that you want people to know about? Yeah, absolutely. So I am most active on Instagram. Being the artist that I am, it has like a million ways to express myself. So that's where I hang out. Um, My handle is at Queen of Grit. So you can find me over there. You can also check out my website, which is the same thing, queenofgrit.com. So super simple. You can check out my podcast, which is Woo Woo Bible. Uh, It's on all the platforms. So whatever platform you prefer. I have a newsletter that I do, which is super fun. We do uh, affirmations. We do uh, monthly hypnotherapy. I think Maddie mentioned we do, I do EFT lives on Instagram every week. So a lot of fun stuff going on. I do one-on-one spiritual coaching. So you can always check that out on my website or get some more information over on my Instagram. Always love to connect with you guys and chat about what's, what's going on with you. Love that. All right. Well, Dylan, thank you so much. This was such a gift. Thank you so much for your generosity and your wisdom. And thank you all for tuning in and for listening and go find Dylan, give her a follow, give her a shout out, let her know how you like this episode. All right. So signing off until next time. Do you love getting your Cosmic RX for the week here and want more? Make sure to sign up for our premium subscription so you can get exclusive access to bonus podcast episodes, all of my astrology info for the month ahead, and live new and full moon calls to help you manifest your dream life with an intentional international community of other cosmic baddies. Sign up through our link in show notes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to know more about Cosmic Rx, head on over to thecosmicrx.com. And if you really love this show, I'd love it if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I super love hearing from you and reading your reviews. All right, you Cosmic Baddie, tune in next week. And until then, remember, love yourself fully, work your magic, and take no shit.